Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about Venus moving through the second decan of Pisces. So I hope that you're doing well out there and enjoying Pisces season with all of this uh, watery energy that we have going here. We've got quite the stack up in the sign of the fish right now with uh, Venus, Neptune, and the sun all hanging out together and kind of coming together in a similar area of the zodiac. So today we're going to be talking about Venus moving through 10 degrees of Pisces all the way up until 20 degrees of Pisces, so the, the second 10 degree section. And we're going to talk a little bit about Venus squaring the nodes, uh, a condition that we could look at called being at the bends. Um, we'll examine that a little bit. We'll talk about Venus conjoining the fixed star Acherner at 15 degrees of Pisces. Um, and also the fixed star Anka, which was in the constellation of the Phoenix. So some themes of resurrection. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about Venus's uh, application or adherence, I guess you could call it, if you want to be a little bit more technical, to, to Neptune. Venus is coming together with Neptune during this part of the cycle. It won't uh, perfect until 20 degrees of Pisces, but we'll be starting to feel the energy through, through the end of this decanic transit. As we always do, we will talk tarot and we will talk about the I Ching and, uh, you know, get into some of the stories of uh, what we are experiencing. Uh, if you are a fan of this channel, make sure that you are subscribed, turn on the notification bell. Uh, tell me what your experiences are of Venus and Pisces so far. We've been kind of going on a journey with Venus in a very good shape, very good condition so far uh, in its exaltation. So make sure that you're keeping me updated on how your life is going, hitting that like button. Um, if you like the work that I do, uh, you can support me at buymeacoffee.com. All right, we are going to share our chart here. So let's see what we've got. Okay, so here we are looking at the transits of Venus through the second decan of Pisces. This is going to be happening from March the 5th, 2021, up until March the 13th, um, at the very beginning of each of those days. And Venus is uh, in pretty good shape right now. This is an interesting place for Venus because it has a whole lot of dignity um, and that says it's said to have some power in this particular uh, sign in, in specifically. Uh, it was said to be in its exaltation, sort of at the top of the wheel of fortune. Um, you know, I've, I've learned through my studies with nightlight astrology, uh, kind of this concept of exaltation and fall being related to fortune and the moon, kind of this, this wheel of karmic destiny, right? And when we are having a planet in its exaltation, it's sort of at the at the height. It is being honored for the placement that it's in, rather than having to dig its way out. Okay, there is a, a drawback to this too. Or if you get to the very height, you know the next way that you go is down. So we have to keep that in mind when we get to the mountain's peak. We still have to come down the other side, and we could be experiencing some of that type of energy with Venus and Pisces right now ruling both of our Taurus and Libra houses. So the other kind of dignity that Venus has right now as she is moving very fast through Pisces is that she is also the triplicity ruler of the water signs uh, during the day. 
So when a planet has triplicity dignity, uh, it basically is related to the element that it's in. Um, so it's kind of in its element, quote unquote. Uh, there's some medieval literature that talks about a planet having the support of its guild members. So kind of this communal support. Um, Robert Schmidt talks about kind of triplicity relating to the trines of the Thema Mundi because elements were trined to one another. So a planet or a similar element was trined in the Thema Mundi. So this kind of Jupiterian support that we may be uh, receiving from a triplicity dignity. Venus will be also moving through the last few degrees of her bound or term from zero to 12 degrees of Pisces. So this is a, some extra dignity where Venus can kind of set its own curriculum for, for the first few days of this transit. Uh, it will then be moving into the terms of Jupiter, its host. So that's kind of a complicated way to, to say that we, you know, we have all these different types of dignities that we exam examine when we are looking at a planet and trying to determine its condition from a, a Hellenistic perspective or a medieval perspective or whatever traditional type of um, astrology that you practice. Uh, so here we can see that Venus is going to be very much connected to her host, Jupiter, who is moving through the second 10 degree section of Aquarius, which is represented by the six of swords. So Jupiter is, is trying to bring order Okay, that's what Jupiter has traditionally done. It is, you know, the, the demi-urge that is creating a kind of a new society, a new order, uh, a new set of rules, a new set of creation. And it is working through uh, this transitory part of Aquarius where we are trying to have communication between our idealism and what is materially possible. And we're trying to move on. This card is all about moving on from the past into the unknown or into the future. So we are using Venus's attractive abilities, its, its ability to, to harmonize and bring good fortune to be able to, to move on from our past. And there is an aversion relationship between Jupiter and Venus uh, in this position, which means that it's difficult for Venus to see Jupiter, okay? Like when a, a sign was on either side of a house, uh, that was sort of like a blind spot. So we may be feeling like we're a little bit confused about where we want to go, uh, how to make this transition into the new reality that we're hoping for. Um, the second decade of Pisces really is a, a very hopeful place. It is a has been associated with like kind of a making a wish and trying to create something new from your imagination. Uh, it is a mutable water sign. So we may also be conforming to uh, a certain container and trying to infuse spiritual essence into some kind of new material form. And we may have to really try to find the right achemical balance with that. The card that we're looking at with Venus in the second decan of Pisces is the nine of cups and you can see a figure that has these cups stacked behind him and he's you know sitting like very he looks very satisfied very you know you could almost think of him as smug or, or confident um but there is some some themes with this in the in the tarot 
uh, books that I've been researching talking about not getting too uh, overly optimistic about your power or about uh, your vision and what is possible. Um, Cause that could also lead to a downfall. You know, this is a, this, there is the potential for hubris in this where we may be trying to create something, but we may not be fully, excuse me, we may not be fully capable of bringing the scope of that vision into reality. And I talked about this quite a bit in my video on with the sun moving through Pisces too. Uh, and you can kind of check that out on my channel. Um, because there are themes of sorcerers apprentices uh, in this in this Deccan. Um, it's a very magical place. Uh, it is kind of a place where we are, you know, trying to shoot for the moon on some level, or the sun, I guess, in, in the, the story of Phaethon, who was uh, the son of Apollo, who tried to drive the chariot of the sun across the sky. Now, here's an interesting correlation. Phaethon was granted a wish by his father, Apollo. There, was, there were folks that were questioning Phaethon's parentage, his divine parentage. And he and Phaethon went to Apollo and said, am I really your son? You know, am I really you know, the son of a, of a god? And Apollo was like, yes, yes, you are my son. And, and to prove it, I will grant you any wish. You know, like we have this make a wish card here. And he's like, I want to drive your chariot, Dad. I want to, I want, I want the keys to the car. <laughs> and uh, you know, poor little Phaethon probably hadn't gone through driver's training or hadn't got his driver's license yet. And his dad was like, you know, son, I beg you to reconsider. Uh, you don't know how to drive this this steel chariot across the sky yet. You know, maybe it was a, well, I don't know, it was a Mustang of some sort <laughs> or something with a, a big giant engine that was d- difficult to control. Um, but uh, you know, he he had all sorts of trouble, and and he Apollo did grant him this wish because he 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 had to keep his oath uh, to prove that he was his father, and um, you know, Phaethon, you know, created a lot of destruction. He almost lit the world on fire, and Zeus, in all of his grand wisdom and order restoring capabilities, uh, you know, struck poor Phaethon down with a thunderbolt, and uh, you know, caused him to fall from that chariot. Um, and uh, he fell into the Eurydonis, the river Eurydonis, and drowned. And we have this Venus conjoining this fixed star at 15 degrees of Pisces, a churner that is the end of the river, the Eurydonis, so that the end of a journey, um, but but potentially a journey where we have experienced some crisis. They did it. They did associate floods and fire with this fixed star, potentially because of its association with this myth of Phaethon. Um, and you know, when we are looking at fixed stars like this, we want to look at the nature of the planet and what, where we might be experiencing some of these, you know, trials and tribulations. And with Venus, it could be, you know, potentially in our relationships. It could be in whatever house that Venus is, is transiting through in your own life. So take a look at the Pisces area of your chart. And, you know, see if there is some trouble with some of the relationships that you have in your life uh, or a crisis point that you've come to that, that requires uh, also a death and a rebirth. Now, the, the, there's kind of a duality with 15 degrees of Pisces. Um, and we are going to see this conjunction between uh, Venus and a Turner around the 9th of March. So I'll go and I'll show you. We'll move forward here to that position. 
two, three, four, five. There we go. Okay, so March 9th or so is where, you know, Venus is going to be hanging out 14, 14 or 15 degrees of Pisces. And this, so this could be maybe some trouble in a relationship where we have to let go of something. We have to make a sacrifice. Uh, we have to make a readjustment, a, re a rebalancing. Um, Pisces is a, a sign that is notorious for having uh, difficulty with boundaries. You know, this is kind of where we're pouring our, our trust and our faith into whatever comes along. And that can get us into some difficult situations. So uh, be careful that if you are, you know, receiving offers, if you're receiving, um, you know, some kind of partnership offer that you really take uh, stock of what it what it could mean for your life moving forward in the long term, especially because Jupiter is asking us to take a long term view and hover over our life and see how all the pieces fit together. Now, one interesting thing that I was coming across in my research this week is that Venus is at a position called the South Bending. So that is when the a planet, and, and Demetri George talks about this with the moon at the bendings, but I've seen other uh, researchers and authors talk about planets being at the bendings of the moon too. So the nodes having to do with like how f matter comes into existence, like maybe at the North Node or goes out, is processed old things at the South Node. And there are some authors through the research I was doing that talk about the, the uh, Venus at the South Bending, which we are seeing here, being sort of of the nature of the South Node and kind of having some relationship with the South Node. And there's some instability with this being a square uh, with kind of, you know, form that is trying to come in and, and pass out of being. And so there may be some kind of issue that comes up that is Venusian, okay, Venusian in nature, that may be about processing an old experience, that may be about uh, a need to make a sacrifice to the collective. Um, I, I know in uh, Eastern astrology, like Jyotisha or Vedic astrology, they, they really think of the South Node in more positive terms, because when we let go of the need to bring something into form, when we let go of material form, their belief is that it brings us closer to a, a higher spirituality. And this may also be uh, a desire that we have right now, especially with Venus making a, a, an application to Neptune, where we may want to dissolve into this oceanic divine consciousness. And and that, that may bring us uh, a little bit of an illusion where we, you know, we may be dreaming about something that may not necessarily be possible. So we have to think about really all the, the, all the things that, that are possible within that dream, okay? Um, we are moving towards a new moon during this cycle as well. The new moon is going to be happening on the 13th at the very end of Venus's journey through this decan. And that's going to be happening in the third decan of Pisces, where once we've gotten clear on our dream, remember we have the search for meaning in the first decan with the eight of cups, leaving behind material uh, success in search of a higher spiritual calling, potentially finding the, the vision that we want to manifest and we make a wish or we dive into the matrix and realize that, you know, physical reality is just kind of a, I don't know, an illusion on some level and that we may have some power to manipulate through spiritual means. 
And then, you know, we see this uh, third decan of Pisces with the 10 of cups, um, where we see this, this uh, attainment of a spiritual consciousness or the vision or, or uh, the sacrifice that is necessary to bring it into reality. Cause that's a Mars ruled decan. This decan that we're talking about here, this 10 degree section is Jupiter ruled. So this is a very expansive, like, you know, let's, let's see what's possible. Let's shoot, let's shoot for literally the stars, right? Let's uh, try to expand into the infinity of our, of our dream and of our awareness. And eventually we'll have to make sacrifices in the end of Pisces to, if we really want to, to bring that spiritual consciousness to the material plane. So the other thing to think about is as we move through this Deccan is that the moon is waning for the most, most of this cycle, releasing something. And this, I think, really speaks to Venus at the, at the bend. So we may be tying up some loose ends. We may be uh, needing to remove something old before we can start something new. And um, that may cause us to have some emotions that bubble up. Um, we may be very much idealizing the past as well. Um, I had an old friend call me uh, in the last couple of days and, and uh, that, I, that was a, a really a positive force in my astrological journey that gave me a lot of confidence in doing astrology and transitioning into this um, field. And, and she had a, a really interesting um, offer for me that will, will take some, some thoughts. I'm, you know, I'm not ready to reveal that here, but I'll have to think about that 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 opportunity that she brought me, you know, like, but it was interesting that that was something from the past that um, considers it takes some consideration uh, that maybe uh, potentially there could be some over idealization about it. And um, eventually it will need to be offered up to universal consciousness to, to figure out whether it's worthwhile and, and beneficial to the whole. So We'll see, but that there may be something like that in your life where uh, Venus brings us potential good fortune and maybe from the past with this, the Venus in the, at the bends, right? Um, maybe we are uh, having to consider an opportunity that's just shown up on our doorstep and really consider how it fits into the framework and the, the matrix of our life, right? Uh, this decan really has some associations with the matrix. Think about uh, you know, Aphrodite or, or Venus going into the matrix and, you know, trying to manifest all the most beautiful adornments and beautiful experiences within the matrix, right? You know, imagine the, um, you know, who was who that guy that was in the matrix and he realized that he was in it and he was like, I just want to, you know, make me forget. And I just want to enjoy this juicy steak, right? He's like, I don't want to know about the, the old world out there right? He wants to blend into it and not have any more awareness of the, the harshness of the reality that he was living before. And I, I can see Venus and Neptune wanting to have that experience. We may want to blend into this blissful ignorance, right? This blissful unawareness of this blissful beauty with these two planets coming together. And it may cause us to ignore some of the harsher realities that, that are, are true in our life too. And so this, is, this really begs a question. Are we, are we willing to sacrifice truth for our imagined wish, for our vision, right? 
And sometimes the vision may not, you know, the truth that we're seeking, you know, may not have any basis in the reality of our life as well. So we have to, we have to set limits. And this is the kind of thing that is going to bring us to our, to our I Ching reading. Before I say that, I wanted to talk a little bit about just the, this nine of cups a little bit more. There is uh, a, an author I like, Benabel Wen, that gives us some affirmations for these cards. And she says with the nine of cups, she says, I am accomplished and respected. My past daydreams become my present reality. So this is about making wishes, right? That are and allowing them to manifest. But I want to, like I said, I want to give you a warning because this is co-present with Neptune that we have to um, be realistic and not get lost in the the um, the need to merge like that that figure in the in the matrix. The other thing to consider before we go on to the uh, the I Ching reading is that we do have Mars squaring all of this by whole sign and that is you know exploding uh our our options it's it's bringing us a plethora of options very quickly um i i just joined this new social media uh app it's called clubhouse and i had a number of people that were encouraging me to to join um many of who feel it's the kind of the next next big thing for for astrology or for just socialization in general. And, and I, after like three or four people uh, suggested this to me, I finally relented because that's kind of how it is for me. I, if uh, the first person I'm usually, I usually say no, <laughs> and then multiple people, you know, tell me the benefits of it and, uh, and then I'll consider it. But it's interesting though, because it, 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 um, it is kind of exploding the, uh, my interaction with people and communicating and, and having this, these options to communicate with people and accelerating my communication with people, it could also accelerate certain distractions. It could be very easy to get involved in uh, many conversations that could eventually detract from some of the other work that I want to do or the studies, but I'm giving it a chance. Um, but, but think about that. We, we are given a lot of options right now. And what we have to do is, is whittle down um, what we are going to allow uh, to either take us towards our goal or to take us off course. I've talked about in my Mars and Gemini video that there are many things that are trying to live right now, but they all can't receive the same amount of attention. So I think that really my, my um, compromise with something like Clubhouse is there are scheduled times that you can get on there and do panel discussions. I have one coming up on Monday at four o'clock if you're on clubhouse uh check that out uh it's through um it's a panel discussion on venus the sun and neptune and i will post a link to that if you want to check that out um but i think that my solution is that instead of just being available all the time to jump into whatever conversation is happening at any moment is that i will i will limit the amount of interaction that i have with that to maybe a more uh intentional participation, maybe set aside certain times for it rather than just always being available to, to be distracted. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so think about that as we look at this hexagram here, because this is one of the, this is just an anecdote from my personal experience right now um, about how I am reconciling this Mars in Gemini energy 
with the dream that wants to manifest and, and not just denying uh, the good that wants to come through Venus right now too. Uh, I did um, one interesting thing that, that popped up was that on Friday, which is Venus's day, I like to do a little prayer in the morning to the planetary deity. And uh, I always kind of uh, thank it for the type of experiences that it could bring me. And I was thanking Venus for bringing me opportunities and good fortune and asking her to bring me, you know, some kind of guidance or help. And I actually received a number of calls that day, one, one including this very nice uh, woman that I'm friends with uh, that was very active on Clubhouse. And she spent a few hours actually with me on the, on the phone explaining the benefits of it. And I took that as a sign. I took that as a sign of Venus br trying to bring me good fortune. And I surrendered to that in that moment. Um, again, I'm explaining to, you know, some of the, the compromises that I'm trying to make as far as um, my willingness to be pulled off of course through that whatever has come to me. So again, in your life, I want you to ask yourself, what good fortune has come to me? Because Venus and Pisces can bring you some like really good stuff. It can bring you, uh, it can help you to manifest your dream. All right, this is something where it may bring you the most beautiful vision, right? Um, but again, there are always uh, pluses and minuses to our wishes and our dreams. And sometimes we don't always completely understand what we may, how a, a dream, uh, what kind of life a dream can take on. We may have a vision of what we want to manifest. And if we do manifest it, sometimes it takes on a life of its own. And we have to deal with all the, the, the advantages and disadvantages of, of something coming alive in physical reality. Um, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating how that works. And I, I want to hear more about your vision and, and opportunities that have come to you and, and how are you breathing life into it and how do you plan on um, managing it like, a, a, like an entity of its own if, if you are going to uh, breathe energy and breathe life into it? I watched uh, the movie last night because, you know, WandaVision is, is something that is kind of in the zeitgeist. And as a family, before we watched the final episode of WandaVision, um, we watched the Age of Ult Ultron, the, the Avengers movie. And in that movie, there was, uh, you know, Tony Stark and uh, Dr. Bruce Banner had a, had a, um, a vision literally <laughs> like so funny i just think about i'm laughing because i just thinking about how literal the movies that i watch are uh to these decans that we're talking about um before i was you know thinking about the labyrinth and, and the labyrinth of pisces one and here literally with all this energy moving through pisces two we were watching a movie about the birth of a vision the literal birth of the avenger vision and the story that I want to tell you with that is they had a vision of, of, a, of a being that they thought would bring peace to the planet. They inadvertently, though, created the monster Ultron that had his own agenda. And it started to have its own uh, a life and a, a, um, a purpose of its own. And that was to wipe out the Avengers. It, it, it thought that to create peace. It needed to eliminate, uh, you know, the very 
people that created it. So isn't that fascinating? And through the rebalancing of this energy, through creating a, another being that could help bring balance to the universe, they created uh, the, the Avenger vision that, that maybe had a little bit more of a, uh, um, a spiritual consciousness that was, that was more in alignment with the, the original integrity of the, of the quote-unquote vision that Tony Stark and Bruce Banner had from the beginning. So this is one thing that I really want you to consider. If you are trying to bring a dream into reality, uh, be careful that the first iteration of it could, you could get pulled off track by the conjunction with Neptune. And you may have to make a readjustment to get back in alignment with the original essence of what you were trying to do. And this is just life. This isn't anything that is like, you should be like upset about this or like feel like you made a mistake or anything. This is this is just the way that manifestation works. Sometimes we um, we have some blind spots. We overshoot the mark a little bit, like faith on, and we have to bring things back into balance. Uh, this is this is really, I think, the driving force of my worldview is equilibrium. And you know, blame Pluto and Libra or whatever. I'm a Pluto Pluto Libra generation, so maybe it's that. Maybe it's my father preaching uh, the, the value of balance and equilibrium from the time I was very small. Um, it's probably a combination of all those things. Maybe it's the study of uh, Taoism and, and uh, the I Ching and, and knowing that you know nature is always trying to maintain some kind of equilibrium. And as human beings, we can kind of get off of that scale we can tip the scales but you know you can bring things back into harmony right this is part of you know as my teacher achuta is has been saying in some this really great video series that he started talking about the beliefs of ancient astrologers he talks about the assumption that we live in an ordered cosmos right and that we are trying to bring harmony right that, that this harmony is maybe one of the the goals and trying to keep that order and keep that peace and keep that balance so the I Ching that I uh, pulled for all of you this week is, is number 60, which is called measuring, limitations, restraint. These are different words for this. And um, Hilary Barrett, in, uh, in her interpretation of the I Ching, called the I Ching, Walking Your Path, asks these questions. She says, what limits apply here? What agreements are at work? Does everyone understand them and find them palatable? Do you? Uh, this hexagram is made up of two trigrams, okay? Two trigrams, two three-line sections that correspond with different parts of nature. And here we have the stream, okay? Here's the stream, two broken lines, and here's the stream on top of the lake. So this is about the energy that we're pouring into the dream, right? Maybe the, a, a mountain stream that is flowing into a, a, a lake, filling it, with our essence, with our dream, with our vision. And we have to think about uh, how much can we pour into this before it starts to overflow? How much can we drain from it to water the fields they talk about in some of these translations? How, how much of this can we, how many channels can we, can we dig to irrigate our fields before we, we drain the original essence and the original animating principle that the original 
you know, life force, the water of life. So we have to set certain limits. We have to uh, have a container for this dream, right? With any, all these Piscean things, we really have to pay attention to the container that we pour ourselves into because we will make sacrifices for that particular container. So really be careful what container you're pouring your vision into. So there are three changing lines that will bring us to the hexagram, great vigor, great power, great strength, right? And line three talks about, this is, we're going to go from the bottom up. Line three talks and says, no measure, no limits, hence lamenting, but it's not a mistake. So we may start off on our journey here without any limitations where we're really, you know, allowing ourselves to dream a little bit. Um, and we may have a little bit of sadness from, you know, not putting limits on things like we, things may feel a little bit out of control, but there may be a learning experience from this. Uh, if we haven't managed to kind of like completely, uh, you know, light our, our world on fire uh, <laughs> by keeping control of the reins of the, the chariot that we're trying to drive, um, we really could learn from this and could it, it could expand our awareness by, you know, trying to go beyond our former limits. I know I had a beautiful walk with my partner yesterday and she and I went down and, and literally took a, a river walk. And we got to see uh, a muskrat swimming in the river. And that was a really nice experience. We saw ducks and geese hanging out. And we were, we were dreaming a little bit. We were dreaming about maybe, uh, maybe somewhere buying a house someday. Um, we rent right now. And that's always been a dream of ours to have a house with some land in a beautiful place. And we allowed ourselves to, to dream a little bit. And that was, that was fun. And that, was, uh, that is the first step in, in manifesting a vision right? Is allowing yourself to, to not put limitations on it at first, being open like a midwife to receive the divine inspiration. But eventually you have to say, well, what is the reality of, our, of your situation? What, how much does a, does a house cost? What, what is the timetable? What, what sacrifices would you have to make to turn that into a reality? All of these things are considerations when we're trying to, to uh, work uh, with a balance between essence and form. So line four, as we move up the, the, the chain here of, of hexagram, says uh, it says peaceful measures, peaceful measures creating success. It says your house is put in order. There is no need to force the issue. So this, this speaks to kind of allowing some of those limitations to, to, to form naturally. When we, when we really view something with sobriety, which I would highly recommend actually after allowing yourself to be uh, inebriated with the beautiful oceanic vision, then we have to kind of sober up a little bit and see, okay, what, what is really possible? But then allow the limitations, the natural limitations to take place. And you don't have to be strict about it. You don't have to be like, you know, severe. You know that there are, you know, you come to terms with some of the, the possibilities and what is actual po actually possible. And then line five says, sweet measures, good fortune. Going on can bring honor. So this speaks to the rules and structures that you that allow you to enjoy your life. Um, sometimes there are, are gentle restrictions and gentle rules that we have that lead to some kind of positive future growth. If we don't have any boundaries, we don't have any limitations, it's very difficult to, uh, to move forward with our life. Um, there's, there's no direction, really. And a lot of the times, like when we're trying to bring a dream into reality, sometimes we have to 
to set a schedule. Sometimes we have to make a budget and save up for it. Like if, if you want to buy your dream home, you have to set some money aside every day. You have to, you know, think about what, what a mortgage would look like. You have to think about what your daily expenses would be like. You have to find the right place. You have to do the work necessary. And those all have to fit in to the limitations of your life. So whatever project you're working on now, um, you know, allow yourself to dream. Gently scale it back down to a realistic uh, type of um, achievable scope. And then enjoy the fact that you're working within that scope. And don't lament the fact that it's not the bigger, greater vision. Just, just enjoy the fact that you've, you've set yourself that routine and with your consistency, moving towards your dream. You never know what could happen, right? It, you may actually get much closer than, than you imagine. And that will lead to hexagram number 34, great vigor, great power, great strength thunder above heaven, right? This, this shock of the new uh, experience that, that leads to creation. Heaven uh, in the I Ching is associated with this creative force, this creative power, three solid lines, right? Thunder is something that awakens us. So we'll be awakened to this great creative force that will, you know, give us the energy and the power to move forward, probably during airy season, right? We're, 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 moving towards that spring equinox where we're going to feel uh, a return of the dominance of the light and wanting to move forward like in this martial way. So we still have a, a period of dreaming. We have a new moon where we, we may have get clear with our vision around the 13th and realize what is necessary to sacrifice. And uh, then we start getting to work to, to manifesting. So I think that's what I've got for all of you today. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Um, I appreciate all of you as an audience. Let me know in the comments what dream you're, you're moving towards. Uh, let me know your process and, and what you are going through as far as trying to turn it into a reality. If you need help sorting out your vision, uh, I'd be happy to help you uh, walk your steps through it, through a reading or through something of that nature. I always love hearing from you and helping people to... Uh, find practical solutions to their problems and to their issues that, or their challenges that they are facing right now. Um, that is one thing that I really, uh, really take to heart is how can we take actionable steps on the, what the chart is presenting us with. So reach out for that. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. If you want to support the work that I do, hit that like button. If you want to buy me a coffee, that is always appreciated. I've been drinking a lot of tea lately, Herba Mate to, uh, to, to uh, get, get through the, uh, the research phase and to focus in these very watery Piscean times. So thank you for everyone who's been contributing in that way. And uh, yeah, be kind to one another throughout all of this and be kind to yourself. We'll see you the next time. Peace.